In August of 2005, the Gulf states in our southeast United States was hit by a great storm. It was nicknamed Katrina, a level five hurricane when it hit the sea coast of the southern part of our United States. And one of the areas that was most hit was the city of New Orleans. The levees that were built to hold back the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico were built to withstand a level three storm, but Katrina was a level five storm. So immediately, New Orleans was flooded when the levees broke. Because much of New Orleans is built below sea level. The levees broke and the city was filled with water. Homes and neighborhoods were flooded. It was terrible. Great problems, great tragedy, because over 1,800 people were killed. And over $110 billion worth of damage took place. People lost their lives, their pets, their friends and neighbors and family members. They lost their property. In 2010, five years after Katrina hit New Orleans, our youth group, Disciples Unlimited, went to the National Youth Gathering the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod had a youth gathering there in New Orleans, and we went uh, several days early to help with some of the restoration projects that were still taking place five years after the storm. And when we got there, they took us down to what's called the Lower Ninth Ward, one of the areas that was particularly hit by the storm. And we encountered houses that were in dire need of being torn down and rubble that was in need of being cleaned up. We saw homes that were once stately and nice, and now were just mere skeletons of what they once were. Much of the damage that took place in the Ninth Ward was a result of the levees breaking on the Missouri or Mississippi River. Great barges were on that river, some of them as long as a football field. And when the levees broke, those barges were carried by rushing waters through the neighborhood sideways. And as they were going sideways through the neighborhoods, they worked like a bulldozer, tearing down everything that was in its path. And those homes that were left standing were covered with water, leaving only the roof to show. People were trapped on their roofs. And now, five years later, we walked through this neighborhood and one of the most stark reminders of the death and the destruction that took place was this, what appeared to be graffiti. These were symbols that were painted on the walls of the houses by the rescue teams. The X's became known as the Katrina crosses. The symbols that surround that X tell the date in which the rescue team searched that property, the name or the symbol for the rescue team that did the search, the hazards that were left behind, 
And the bottom numbers tell us the number of bodies that were found. In this particular house, we see that one live body was found. In other words, one live person and zero dead. Praise be to God. But not all of them were like that. As we walked through the neighborhoods, we finally came upon this church. And when we walked inside this church, we realized it was a mere skeleton of what it once was. There were no pews. There were no walls. It was just the rafters and a few studs. As the church was trying to rebuild, the the community was trying to rebuild this church. And when you looked in the front of that church, we, I mean, inside that church, we could see the level of the water because the water level went all the way up to the ceiling of the church, leaving only about five feet from the apex of the roof. And outside was a sign. And the sign asked this question, can these bones live? Is there any hope of restoration Is there any life after the death and the destruction and the decay that we are seeing as a result of that storm? Is there any hope for life? Now, friends, i got to tell you that's the very same question that was asked in our reading today from Ezekiel. The people of Israel had also encountered a terrible, terrible tragedy. Totally different, but even more devastating. Because their enemy, the great empire of Babylon, had stormed their country, leaving destruction behind and death everywhere. They attacked the city of Jerusalem, tore down its walls, totally demolished the city, took apart and disassembled the temple, carried off all of its riches, and then set fire on the rubble. Everything was destroyed. People were killed. And the survivors that were left, many of them were carried off into captivity. And there, in a strange land, living as slaves to their mortal enemies, having totally lost their homes, their families, their country, their identity as the people of God, those people were sitting there thinking, can these dry bones live? And in the midst of all of that, God spoke to their prophet. He spoke to their priest, a guy by the name of Ezekiel. And in the form of a vision, he came to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel describes his encounter with God like this. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And then God said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? We ask that question a lot ourselves, don't we? The people in New Orleans were asking, Can these bones live? The Israelites were asking, can these bones live? And we ask that question too, and I know we do. You know how I know? Because as I work among you, I hear it every week. 
This past week was particularly difficult. There are some of you out there that are struggling with depression, that are struggling with deep-seated anger, that are struggling with hurt so deep it cuts to the bone, and you're asking, can these bones live? There are some of you out there that are struggling and going in a very real way through the valley of the shadow of death. You have loved ones that are struggling to remain among the living. Some of you have encountered diagnoses from the doctor that isn't welcome. Some of you are facing end-of-life issues, either with yourself or with a loved one, and you're wondering, can these bones live? Some of you are struggling with loneliness. Loneliness so bone-deep that you're wondering if anybody cares. You may be surrounded by people, but you're still lonely. Or maybe your friends and your family have deserted you, and you wonder, does anybody care? And every one of us, I know, have entertained the thought, does God even care? Can these bones live? Some of us are struggling with problems at work. Maybe not able to get along with someone. Or maybe our boss is, is trying at times. Or maybe we're woefully underpaid or we don't have a job at all, or we're in danger of losing our job, or we're facing a financial crisis, and everything is spiraling, spiraling down, and we're wondering, can these bones live? Can these dry, lifeless, dead bones live? That was the question that was asked in Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read it to you again, but this time I want you to notice who it was that asked the question. Ezekiel writes, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And God said to me, can these bones live? One of the things I like to do when I read the Bible is put myself in the place of the person that's writing or the characters that are part of that event. So I started thinking, if I was Ezekiel, I probably would have looked at God and said, are you kidding? They're dead. They're lifeless. They've been dead for a long time. They're so dead that they're turning to dust. That's how dry they are. No, these bones can't live. They're dead. But Ezekiel had more grace than I do. And he realized who it was he was talking to, and he looked to God and he said, you know. In other words, more like, they look dead to me. It looks impossible to me. But you're God, 
and I'm not. Can these bones live? Now, I'm sure the, the people of New Orleans were probably wondering that whether these dry bones could live either. They're probably wondering if their community would ever survive. They're probably wondering, can these dry bones live? But I want to show you the rest of the sign. The rest of the sign not only asks the question, but it gives an answer. And they used a different version of the Bible as they recorded their answer. It comes from the King James Version. I'd like to read it to you in that version. Ezekiel said, God, you know. And this is God's answer. He says to Ezekiel, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. These are words of encouragement. These are words of encouragement to the Israelites. There they are in slavery, in bondage to their enemies. No country, no home, loss of family, no identity. And God says to them, hear the word of the Lord. I will breathe, cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And then you will know that I am Lord. And you know what? God did just that. He followed up his words with actions. Some 70 years later, after the people of Israel had been carried off into captivity, he raised up a couple of leaders, Ezra and Nehemiah, and he allowed them to go back and to start rebuilding the city walls of Jerusalem. They began to erect a new temple and declare and to dedicate and devote it to God. They were able to go back and reestablish the people of Israel as followers of God who were loyal and dedicated to following the law. These are words of comfort for the people of New Orleans, too. Whether they acknowledged it or not, whether they believed it or not, God was faithful to his promise. He helped them rebuild. And we were witnesses of that because six years later from our first visit, in 2016, our second visit, we were able to see how this ninth ward was rebuilding. Many of the homes that had been damaged had been rebuilt and restored. There were others that were built, brand new homes on the place where other homes had been destroyed. There were businesses that had sprung up and doing a thriving business. The schoolyards and the parks were filled with kids. And we had the opportunity of going back and talking with some of the very same people that we had talked to six years earlier. The very same people that we had helped. And we went back to their homes and their language, their eyes, their smiles were filled with hope. Because God had breathed life into their community. 
whether they acknowledged it or not, God hadn't deserted them. And folks, these are words of encouragement to you and to I. When we go through those times when we ask, can these bones live? He speaks into our lives and he says, hear the word of the Lord. Folks, I want to tell you that these are the words of the Lord. And as he comes to us in these words, he pours out his heart to us. He pours out his heart telling us how much he loves us. How he will never desert us. And all the promises that he has to offer to us. And he gives us promises like these when, when we are totally wondering how we're going to navigate this new challenge in life. He says, have, you, have I not told you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for I, the Lord, your God, am with you wherever you go. And when we feel like our world is crushing down, crashing upon us, when it feels like we're going to be totally overwhelmed by the cares and the worries and the difficulties in life, he says things like this, don't be afraid. I have called you by name. You are mine. I've redeemed you. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you because you are precious in my sight and because I love you. When that thing called death pokes its ugly head into our lives, into the life of a loved one or our own life, and we face that specter of death, we hear the very same words that Jesus spoke to Martha when her brother died. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he who lives, who, he who lives and believes shall never die. And then he asked this question, do, we, do you believe this? And of course we believe this. Why? Because he says to us, I will breathe life into you. And you shall live and then you will know that I am Lord. And he follows that up with his actions. Because the day that you became a child of God, the day that you were brought to faith, the day that you were baptized, the Holy Spirit was breathed into you. He took up residence inside of you. And he brought you to faith. That sure and certain hope, the assurance of things not seen. And you know that Jesus came for you. You know that the Son of God came to this earth and took your sins and my sins upon himself and he took them to the cross. And you know for a fact that he rose again from the dead, that his dead bones were breathed into new life and that he conquered death once and for all. And because he lives... There's nothing that he can't conquer. Because think about it. If this God can raise the dead, if he can conquer death, can't he conquer any of these other things that we face in our lives? There was a song that was popular back in the 70s and 80s. 
Some of you might remember it. Some of you won't. But the refrain went like this. Because he lives, I can face, I did this the first service, but I want to get it right. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. This Holy Spirit that was breathed into you brought you to life. And we're told in God's word that the righteous shall live by this faith. And now, when we go through those trials and those difficulties, when we face that end and that thing called death, and we ask that question, can these bones live? We know it's true. They can. Because the righteous shall live by faith. And until that day, I believe our God is also calling us and saying, now, in that faith, live. Amen?